Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. I'm Alex and always I'm joined by... Matthew. And... Isolation. Isolation Steve. <laughs> Poor Isolation Steve. Steve, you look so Yay. isolated. <laughs> I look so what? Isolated. Oh, thank you. Uh, now, the reason I'm going to be saying what a lot tonight <laughs> is obviously I'm in self-isolation. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I... I'll be laggy. Um, I will be like uh, modern warfare in the two thousands, just really, really behind the ball. That's a niche reference there yeah. to, uh, to is, a yeah. older to an older video game about about lag times. There you go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Steve is actually mm-hmm. operating in pure lag, and yes, poor Steve is stuck in the other side of the island in quarantine because. He's and been, Steve, because he's because <laughs> <laughs> he's been up to no good, haven't you? That's correct. Mm, naughty, naughty. Yeah. Um. Well, what are we doing? Oh, that's right. We had to pay for this movie, didn't we? We did, and and I will. So this is a Disney Plus, <laughs> yeah. subscription movie. It was in cinemas, but mm-hmm. we we watched it on Disney Plus. Steve, I know you watched it in theaters. Um. I, I went will. To the theaters got nothing to do with the isolation. No, no. Uh, I will admit. Um, for a subscription you're already paying for, I thought $30 in the end was actually a little steep. Yeah. Well, I had, there were two of us that watched it and I figured, well, yeah. that's, you know, saved the price of having to go in and that's probably cheaper than two tickets anyway. My only question is, is once you've paid that money, can you rewatch it as many times as you like? Or is it like, yes. okay, that's all right. You've, you've essentially you've, bought it then. You've, you've bought it until it's eventually free for everyone yeah. else in about October. You know what? As a business model, I kind of don't mind that. Yeah, it's not too bad. Whether the movie was worth it, I don't know. This is what we're about to find out. Yeah, Steve, I enjoyed going to see a Marvel movie back in a theatre. That's I, I like that. That's good. It's well, a nice feeling. Would he like to maybe introduce the movie in that case? Please, Steve, would you? Okay. This week we are doing Black Widow. I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband... He renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're going to wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. He's called Science Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated, fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? Enough. We have to go back to where it all started. So they never do that to anyone again. We're a family. We fight with you. You won't win. I've always found it best. Not to look into the past. Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay dug and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. I made my choice. 
I'm done running. Here's what's gonna happen. Natasha, don't slouch. I'm not slouching. You're going to get a big hunch. Listen to your mother. Oh my God, this- up, up, All right, enough, all of you. I didn't say anything, that's not fair. Music in that trailer, spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Music in that movie, though, less so. Yeah, I. It's it's interesting. I think that's a really good trailer. That that really makes me quite hyped for this this movie. And I think it's been well documented across this podcast that my excitement level for Marvel films has become quite diluted since M- mm. Endgame came out. Because again, for me, I had that closure. But I but I did see that trailer, and and again, that soundtrack in that trailer really lends that sense of sort of epicness to it, which which did get me excited. Mm. I I that trailer. To- I, I like that trailer. I think it's good. But that led me to believe that this was a film before she was ever involved in the Avengers at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, you know, she's like, we've got to go back to where it all began. And before I was an Avenger, I'm like, ooh, we're going to get a bit of a pre-story here. Turns out, no, it's right in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. well, yes, you are correct. Yeah, Um, I was lied to. uh, (laughs) 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 This trailer, I suppose, in that sense is a little misleading, I guess. Uh, I mean, Steve, you're you're a huge Marvel fan. How did you feel about where this film was set within the Marvel Cinematic Universe? See, I also have a problem with this film because of Endgame as well. And I don't think that this movie needs to exist. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, this movie probably definitely doesn't need to exist either. Without giving away any spoilers, what do we get from this film that has an impact on all the other films? Well, I don't think it's much. We know where she gets the vest that she wears in Endgame from, and that's probably <laughs> about it. Um, it. It's a shame, really, because of where this film is, is set. And I think it, it's in the trailer. We meet her, for all intents and purposes, her, her family, mm. which is great. But there's such good characters to then watch this movie within chronological order. I think in the subsequent films you go, but where are they? I want more of these yeah. these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose a similar thing did again happen. It's such a great example of a good prequel is Rogue One, is you have all these great characters and they essentially had no choice but to mainly kill most of them off because they couldn't appear in the films that came afterwards. Mm. I, was, I was thinking more along the lines, especially in the Marvel sense of things, uh, Captain Marvel, right? That was... Uh, essentially a, a prequel film as well. And that film existed so that we knew that Captain Marvel was coming into Endgame. You know, it was set, you know, it, it, it was released between Infinity War and Endgame and it did set up some plot elements. This this doesn't do any of that. Well there's there's no, there's no world building here. I think it's the first Avengers. It may be Iron Man two or the very first Avengers film, I forget which one, where we do see a bit of um her her little flashbacks to when she was in in Russia or wherever it is, I think it's Age that of Ultron. One. Oh, Age of Ultron! It's what it's one of them, and that did mm-hmm. always intrigue me. Is is those little threads of her backstory? Again, having never read any of the comics, I knew nothing about her backstory. I don't know if this is accurate to what the comics have put forth in the past, but um, I, I was excited about the idea of seeing where the super spies get their training from. That, that that's just mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what a great premise! That's always good. and then in this universe as well, it's so different from people who have who are literally gods or who, who have superpowers. You know, she's just a really well-trained 
spy yeah. or, or super soldier, if you want to call it that. Um, so I was really excited about the idea of, again, like you say, Alex, that line in the trailer, go back to where it all started. It's like, yeah, mm. that's great. I don't know that the film really does that. I don't think it, it delivers on that promise. No, and, and if you're a spy, if you're like a super spy, you're part of this group where a bunch of you are all like really good at fighting and stuff. If you want to like, you know, meld into and the area that you are, maybe not be decked out all in black leather <laughs> yeah. with stuff like yeah. covered all over you, like just like no. Or even no. white leather, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like what what's what's the point? Why yeah. mm-hmm. why do that? Because you you're gonna you're gonna stand out, especially when there's like half a dozen of you. It's like, well, okay, these guys are up to something. Maybe we should call the cops. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, it's people like, always make fun of you know James Bond for wearing a suit, but in a crowd, if you're wearing a suit, you do kind of blend in a bit more, don't you? As exactly. opposed to him coming in in full combo, uh, sorry, combat gear, you yeah. know that kind of thing. And and if we can lead into maybe the uh, first issue that I had with this film, please, is that shall we talk I'll, about the plot first? No, we probably should. No, because there, there is none. There isn't no. a plot. Oh no, no, no. We, we we can talk about the plot. That is fine. Fine. Would you like to Just give us a, like a, a brief overview? Is it's set between Civil War and Infinity War? Steve, uh, Steve, Steve, have you had a dog with you in isolation? Uh, I do. Why did um, you? Why? What? How did you get a dog onto this island? It's always been here. <laughs> so when we've been nearly starving to death, you've been hiding this dog. We could have, uh, you know, we could have had a barbecue or something. I just, I just, I think it's time. I'm, I'm happy to get this off my chest once and for all. <laughs> I'm not taking in as, as many poos as you think I am. <laughs> oh, I, I had been trying to keep a tally, so <laughs> this is a shock to me. <laughs> oh, dear. Just because oh in my capacity as self-proclaimed island doctor, I do like to monitor our vital signs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my stools have been very misleading. <laughs> yes, I'll, for- I'll forgive you. But you've got a dog with you. All right, that's, that's, that's another character mm-hmm. we've got now. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, okay, yes, the plot. So the plot is, uh, Matt, do you want to talk? Oh, I'm probably on? the worst person to do this because, do. Um, please, Steve, I, yeah, you'll have a better grasp of this. So this is set between Civil War and Infinity War. It's, uh, you know, Natasha goes on the run after disobeying the Sokovia Accords. And as soon as she gets on the run, she reconnects with her sister, who's just been recently de-brainwashed. And her sister had been uh, an assassin for the for the Russians. And after she gets de-brainwashed, they decide they're going to take down the whole brainwashing scheme of the Russians. Or, or just a very out-of-depth Ray Winston. Who cannot, very very lazy Ray Winston. Yeah, he, he Ray cannot Winston. cannot do a Russian accent at, at all. It's pretty concise. I mean, we we get to meet her uh, people from her past, shall we say, mm-hmm. people who who raised her and 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 aided in this uh, brainwashing. And and there were some really cool moments with those those characters. The the dad character, I forget his name, um, David Harbour. He's such a good character in this. I know mm. that he's played for comedy more than anything else, but for the most part, I thought it all landed. He plays like, Alexi. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, like, but again, I mean, the issue we have with this movie is you then want more of those characters later on. Um, yeah. I also found it a bit... It, it's it's a, suggested in this movie, I think I'm right in saying that he's been given the same treatment that Captain America's been given. That's right, yeah. And therefore has the same abilities. For, for me, again, being what we'll call a casual fan, I think the film wasn't clear enough initially as to how that had happened and how the Russians also had it. As, a po- as, as well as the Americans. But again, I'm sure people who follow these movies more closely than I do probably 
know what was going on there. Took me a while to catch. I was like, okay, so he has had that treatment. He is a Russian Captain America. That's that down and out Captain America, basically. I don't want to get too much into the law here, but in Civil War, you see the Winter Soldier kills Tony, uh, Tony Stark's father and mother, then takes that blue serum. Oh, so that's so that's when the Russians get Russians. Okay, because obviously Bucky's had the same treatment, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, So it's it's not it's not a stretch of the imagination to to think that he's got you know capabilities yeah it's quite resentful because caps you know the, the revered one and he's now stuck in a gulag which well, which in my opinion was the best sequence in the film was trying to break him out of that gulag that was where the film really sort of the film kicked off on that second act when he joined the cast yes he's in yeah. the start of it with the prologue but yeah. i i didn't like the first act i thought that little prologue was great that. the first act was just I don't know. They stripped away everything that we'd learnt and became and become to like enjoy about the Black Widow Natasha Romanoff character. Yeah, and she just was brought down to just someone who can kick butt real good. Then she catches up with her sister, and they have the most useless fight. They yeah, they get in a big brawl a for no reason. They're like, "Oh, why are we fighting?" But this this is my biggest issue with this movie, and. And it was one that I sort of was becoming aware of as I was watching it. And I was thinking about how I felt about this movie after I'd seen it. And I realized with a sense of oncoming dread that this is an action movie where I cannot wait for the action scenes to end. The action, all of the action, including the finale, which should have been great on this big flying fortress thing. I, I I was more entertained by... Whatever the dialogue scenes were, they they are of mixed yeah, no. mixed goodness, shall we say? But yeah, I mean that fight scene in the in the apartment between those who was going like, I know that they're not just let's skip this, let's get to the the emotional long lost sisters meeting each other as opposed to them just trying to beat each other up. Mm. So the act, and, any sorry, any I'm, conversation I'm, with David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, Florence Pugh, and and Scarlett Johansson, the, those little that like the, the the dinner table scene. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That's, but it's that's the strength. That's it's the all strength within the film. one the one room. And for an action movie, that that is not a good thing to be able to say. I think. <laughs> I think that- it's. I think it's a terrific thing to say. I think it says a lot about the quality of action scenes that were put together for this film. I think the action in this film really, really lets it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Steve, you brought up one character there, and uh, uh, the actress Florence Pugh, who plays Natasha Romanoff's. Um, sister, well, I guess uh, sis- sister in in in, yeah. in quotes. Mm. Um, Yelena, she was probably yeah. my favourite character out outside yeah. of Alexi. She was she brought some sass. She was like yeah. had a bit of attitude. I mean, it was a very convenient plot point about her <laughs> getting this mist in her face, and all of a sudden she's no longer brain <laughs> brain taken over. I do think that was a bit of a strange coincidence. Oh, that was just some loose writing. Just mm. I was just like, wh- that first act, man. I have not seen a bad act that bad in a Marvel film in a long time. I can't mm. think of a, a worse start to a Marvel film. Yeah, I mm. don't know. I mean, I did enjoy the title sequence, and I enjoyed the the sort of a cappella cover of the Nirvana song. It smells like. Yeah. Um, oh, I liked it. No. I liked that cover. I thought that that was no. kind of cool. That was so on the nose for me. I was just like, 
nah, this isn't cool. Well, I mean, I don't go into a mall. I mean, I know it is on the nose, I agree, but I, I wasn't looking for subtlety. But I thought, you know what, that's kind of cool. I get it. They're, you know, it was a female vocalist and they're doing the whole girl power thing in this movie and stuff. Yeah. But like if they're, you know, it's got this Russian theme, it's red. It should, you know, the big red army choir noise should be coming through and then you they get should the have, vibe. Um, you, and, Steve, you mentioned how lackluster uh, the soundtrack is in this movie. I was thinking mm. they should have had the same sound or the similar soundtrack to Hunt for Red October. That terrifically Russian soundtrack that that yeah. movie has would have worked I think, really well I for this I think they should film. have got um, Henry Jackman in to actually do this because Henry Jackman did a fantastic sort of espionage spy thriller uh, score for The Winter Soldier. Yeah, mm. sure. Mm. But they didn't, did they? I don't know who they got. I didn't. Some uh, person. No, yeah, it, the, the music didn't, didn't stand out. I did think it was shot quite well. Um, yeah, it looked fine. I, I thought it looked really good. And, and again, Alex, you would have been the same on Disney. Because we were at home, we could stream this in 4K. I thought that looked pretty spectacular. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been a different experience having seen it in theatres first. I, I won't lie to you guys. This will not be surprising. I used this as a dry run for if in a world we had the choice of streaming No Time to Die or going to the theatre <laughs> as to what would be better. And I think, <laughs> But I would suggest um, not to... Cinemas, I think, will always be great for just the experience. But if we were, for example, in a lockdown when No Time Today to Die came out, I would be okay with being able to stream it at home, I think, provided I could see it in theatres down the road to have that experience at some mm. point. I, I don't feel the same about that when it comes to Top Gun. When that comes out, I want to see that that's on a true. big screen. That, and that does look spectacular when that's out. That's the end of the year, isn't it? That comes yeah, out. apparently it's coming out. Yeah. Apparently they're releasing it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, just one thing I wanted to know um, about the director, Kate Shortland, who is an Australian director. Um, she, you know, I think you could have put anyone directing this yeah. film and it would have looked how it looked when it came out. Mm. I, 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 yeah, I do think made by committee was a phrase that came to mind when I was yeah. watching this. Mm. Especially, again, and again, it's we have seen this this thing a few times and it is a shame that this happens. I think when you have a film like this, which should and could be a really good girl power movie, some executives get too nervous that they get that wrong and mm. it and it misfires and so they make it too safe. And I think there were moments in this movie that were made too safe in, in that aspect of being, you know, a female. Again, we I always come back to Alien, which was, you know, 1979 and that movie is such a good empowerment movie for, for women everywhere just because of how strong a character Ellen Ripley is. But it they weren't really trying to do that. Like, it's just a well-written character. Okay, so Hawkeye is getting his own series, right? Hey. So that means we've got like every one of the core Avengers has now had their own little bit of bits and pieces, all right? And yet you've got Black Widow, all right, whose story has, I think, objectively been told really well over the course of Captain America's, over the course of Avengers. We see her going from this really detached human being over the course of 10 years to becoming someone who wholly embraces the fact that that these people uh the avengers are her family all right that's the story done all right she dies in endgame we know that everyone knows that this felt like the guys at marvel or disney were just like we need to have a black widow film because we sort of owe it to scarlet yeah yeah i would suggest that her her and um who plays hawkeye jeremy renner that those two have been overlooked in the Avengers over the, the first 10 years, I think, perhaps, in not having their own, I suppose, solo moments. And I think, like mm. you say, making a film is a really good way of addressing that balance. 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's funny, really, because I, I, if this film had come out when it was originally scheduled to come out, which I think was about a year and a half ago, um, I would have mm. suggested that the movie was rushed. But it does feel odd saying that now, knowing that it was delayed by a year and a half because of COVID. But I'm assuming it was a locked-off cut when they delayed yeah. it. Because I feel like this movie was made too quickly. Without Maybe it could have had another draft. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I think there was just a little too much sort of... Uh, maybe EP influence. Uh, too much studio influence. I think they were going... No, guys, at the end of the movie, you need to have the big showdown in the sky. You need explosions. You need all that. And they didn't really realize that the best parts of this film are, are the character and character moments. Yeah, I'd agree yeah. with that. I'd love to see a version of this film as – it sounds weird. I know it's a bit of an exaggeration, but as a drama and see her dealing mm-hmm. with this this stuff with her surrogate family as a drama and they just work – I think that would be terrific. That would actually be a good film. I yeah. want to see a version of this film that is is more – born identity, born supremacy than it is a Marvel film. Sure. Yeah, and, and they just try and do too many things. Like mm. There's just too mm. much going on. Just just take out a couple of those plot points, strip it back, focus on family, focus on a little bit of action, and you're going to get a better film because, like you say, like the probably the best scene is when it, literally in that second act, everything slows down. It slows completely down. It takes a breath. And characters start talking to each other, and that was really good. I agree. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And then, and the third act is okay. It like it sort of finishes exactly as you'd sort of expect it to, <laughs> and we finish it, and nothing really in the world of this has changed. Yeah, and that that's a no. big issue when you want to make a prequel film like this, where it has no bearings on what comes afterwards. And, and talking of having no bearings. Um, it, this film has one of the weakest villains in terms of Taskmaster. Mm. Why is that villain in this movie? You don't need it. You just need Ray Winston's sort of Blofeld character just looming over the, the plot of the movie. Mm. You know he's there. You don't have to see him. You see him at the end. And he just sends faceless ghouls to to, track, to stop them from getting to him. You don't need this. Ta- it, that felt so tacked on to me, that character. I, I know why that character is in the film and it's explained why they're in the film, but... Like, just, you know, if it didn't exist in the film, that's fine. You yeah. can literally do without it and it doesn't matter. I don't think you needed um, Ray Winston. I would have preferred seeing Taskmaster there. Sure. Uh, as, a, as a Marvel fan. Um, and I think, I mean, if we if we wanted to redesign it as sort of a, a born identity sort of film, then the Taskmaster is a great villain to have. Mm. Sure, sure. I think maybe that the fear at Disney was... You know, you could have made a really gritty, almost, you know, very violent film out of this. And I think they, you know, again, it's it's Disney, it's Marvel. They wanted to keep it a little kid friendly, which is fine. I mean, that's, you know, that's what they do. That's what the MCU, MCU is. But I think they perhaps could have pushed the envelope just a little bit more, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, um, Civil War from memory is a fairly violent movie and no one's ever really complained about about that? No, I mean, you think about the start of Endgame when um, uh, Arrow Boy, what's his name? Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. He's gone to town in Japan or wherever it is. Yeah. That stuff's violent. Mm-hmm. That's super violent. But he has his moment in the sun. Well, it's technically in the rain, but, <laughs> you know, it's that stuff's engaging when it's done properly. It doesn't need to be gratuitous. It just needs to be right. It just needs yeah. to be choreographed. We're not talking about blood and gore. We're just talking about action that has consequence. That's right. Is all they need to do. It doesn't need to be... You don't need blood splatters or anything like that. 
because of the lack of consequence, all those action scenes, you just... Like, that. there's that car chase where that armoured vehicle comes after them. Yeah. Which, by the way, that armoured vehicle's entrance into this movie looks weird the way that it mm. just slides into that, frame. That whole scene needed another run through oh, CGI. I, vehicles can't move like sideways and then it was weird. That was it just <laughs> looks terrible. But again, there was I didn't enjoy that I the the inner child in me should have loved a car chase through where, whatever city they're in. I, where are they in that? Are they in Russia at that point? Uh, Budapest. Are. Budapest. Mm. I should have loved that, but I was sitting there going like, "Yeah, I know that you know they're going to get out of it by the skin of their teeth, and let's just keep, let's just get through." It. I shouldn't have been thinking that during an action scene. For you know why you should have liked it though, Matt? Ooh. It's because that's exactly the same action scene that was in Mission Impossible Fallout. You talking about the? Oh yeah, no, exactly. And that scene has so much weight to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and it it's does. terrific in that little BMW, and they're doing all the stunts and that. And that mm-hmm. I'm always glued to the screen when I watch that, and and it gets your heart going. This one, it didn't get me involved in that action at all. Well, you know, for a character like Natasha Romanov, where everything is about espionage. And subtlety, <laughs> and that the people that are chasing her are meant to be trained in all the same stuff because that's where she's from. Nothing about what they do is subtle. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. That world building was lost for that moment. Mm. They just it just fell apart, and that's kind of what I wanted. So look, as a film, it's okay. Uh, it's not like it's yeah. okay. It's, it's not. It's, it's not offensive or bad or anything. It's just it could have been so much better. It's just not what mm. I was expecting from this character's journey perhaps this is a good point to um divide our thoughts and oh. and give this thing a rating out of mm. what uh, red mists that's exactly what i was about to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> red mist yeah. ray winston's ray, ray, um, ray winston's why is he in this movie magical yeah. blue goo is that what it was, was it, like was little it, vials it of was, stuff it was little vials of blue goo well, yeah they were there um, um weird moving control pigs Brain control pigs. I like that. Actually, that was good. Yes, I did enjoy that. Again, that whole sequence of that farmstead or wherever it was was terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. All right, mind control pigs. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I'll, I'll go first. Oh, okay. Please, Steve. Um, for me, it's going to be a two and a half. Whoa. Uh, I I think that because they felt like they owed a movie to Scarlett Johansson, they. They forgot they had already told a really good Black Widow story over the last 10 years. Uh, this this film does not need to exist. It's very superfluous. What I would say that is, is good is that for the first time in about five years, there are Marvel fans like me who, you know, have a, have a, have a whole batch of new characters to, to sort of look at and, and enjoy and look forward to seeing uh, in the future. Um, but that last half hour was, was annoying, very disappointing, I think, especially after, you know, six months worth of like WandaVision of, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier of Loki, which ended excellently. You've got that contrast to this movie, which is very subpar. So that's a two and a half for me. Wow. Mm. Uh, Because I know how much uh, you enjoy these movies. So that's, uh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you feel that way, Steve. I apologize. I I didn't make the movie, but if I did, I would have tried better. Because I'm going to hoping that it it grows on me, but. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I enjoy the Marvel films, not to the same degree, I think, as either of you two, but I, you know, they're good, good movies. I own most of all of them. And so I was excited to see this. 
But even the fact that it didn't even succeed for me as an action movie, which was the easiest thing, surely, that this thing had to do was just succeed as an action movie. It does not do that for me just as a lover of spy films and that kind of thing. I was just so disappointed by what I'm just going to call mud. It's just they didn't know. They just threw all this stuff at the wall, hoping that in somewhere in there there'd be stuff that people would go, oh, that's really cool. There are a couple of good moments. I do like, um, what's the dad's name again? Alexi? Alexi, yeah. Alexi. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's great. I'd, I'd love to see a TV show of him and Rachel Weiss's character and what they get up to. I mean, mm. that, that'd be great. I am definitely getting tired of Marvel films, and this is just my, me. I think I should sit down and watch some of the TV shows they're making because I reckon a different medium might freshen it up for me a little bit and I could re- I haven't seen any of the, the three shows they've made yet. But, you know, I, I might give those a go and see how I feel about that. But for this film, it's, it's a two from me. A two? A two. Oh, there you go. Well, I, I mean, I just finished watching Loki and I'm getting started on Captain and the Winter Soldier and a Falcon and the Winter Soldier and I think I've watched one episode of WandaVision. And, you know, I feel like they're nailing that storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's really tight. But I so listening to both of you, I'm thinking two and a half. But because of the character David Harbour's Alexi, <laughs> it's going to be a three because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed his character. And what this film does do, it sets up to see these characters in the future. And that's about it. <laughs> that and and her jacket. Yeah. Like ah, oh, okay, that's cool. And I liked um, Yelena, I think, her, her yeah. sister. I thought she was really cool as well. And their mum, played by Rachel Weisz, she was great too. Yeah. And Natasha, she's great as well. Like, they're all good in what they do. But I'm not going to say anything new that you guys have already said. So, <laughs> so for me, it's a three. Okay. I've got one, I got one, one last point. I just, I've, I've got the, uh, going into this film, I did read a couple of reviews who said, and they said that this film is sort of focusing on Yelena. And I do disagree with that. I think it is focusing on Natasha Romanoff. I think the problem is ScarJo is phoning it in and Florence Pugh is is there to act. She's doing such a good job. It's mm. interesting. Do you think, I mean, Scarlett Johansson, was, was she trying to get this film made or was she kind of like, a, come on, guys, you've already killed me. Do I have to really do another movie like that? She's an EP on it. Yeah, so you think like she'd want to be there. She's got an yeah. investment. Yeah. yeah. This is quite speculative at this point. We, don't, we <laughs> have no idea what her attitudes to being in this movie was. No. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's fifty percent. That's seven and a half out of fifteen. Ooh, wow. wow. Mind control pigs. Not not the greatest score that we've given <laughs> for a Marvel film. No. I, look, I yeah, it would be not the first Marvel film I would choose to sit down and watch. Mm, yeah. Well, there you go. Hey, we've been the Trail Island podcast. And you can catch us every Wednesday. Um, this episode today, if you're listening to it on the day of release, was released a little bit late. Thanks, Steve. Uh, thanks, Steve, because he had to keep his secret dog. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. Um, on the island. Uh, but you can catch us from wherever you get your podcast. Please, if you enjoy the podcast, give it a five-star rating and review from wherever you listen and tell your friends as well. And maybe let them know that Steve's keeping a secret dog somewhere. <laughs> Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been Alex. I've been joined by a very present Matthew and secret dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can catch us every Wednesday from wherever you get your podcasts. I think you've done well, Steve. Even though we can barely see you, this is a long, long uh, line of string and cups. <laughs> I, I am. I miss gently resting my hand on your both your flies. Good lord. <laughs> 
I think you've so. been in isolation too long, Steve. <laughs> That's why I miss it. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. He always picks his moments like he waits till the music starts. Yeah, so. he knows that I can't edit this stuff out because we've got the music playing underneath. He knows yes, exactly yes, what he's doing. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, all. Sleep tight, Steve. <laughs> <laughs>